the saints of the living God. We thank you that your presence is with us. Your precious Holy Spirit mantles this meeting and duplicates the presence of God in the lives of the people of God. <clears throat> Let your word flow freely unhindered and let it be glorified we pray in the name of Jesus amen hallelujah praise the Lord good evening beloved I bless you and greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Day 11 of our online camp meeting and we've been carrying out services morning and night. Pastor Raphael has been conveying deep truths about the things which we have been discussing that the Lord is preparing us for. So I hope you are tuning in and watching those services. And we are also broadcasting live 6 p.m. sharp every weekday. And this is day 11. And we are grateful to the Spirit of God for His love and benevolence, sharing His presence with us. We can never get enough of the Word of God. No. God says his presence is with those and close to those who tremble at his word. We are people of his word. We are offspring of his word. The Bible tells us that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible, which is the word of God, which lives and abides forever so we continue with the instruction the Lord has given us to present his people before his word and we trust that the Spirit of God is doing his part and doing his work I am confident that there is something taking place in your lives I'm very confident very confident the Spirit of God is doing a work we cannot spend time in the word with the word and not come out with substance and not come out with glory the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory this is the consequence 
of encountering the word. That the word that is with us, coming into us, will manifest in glory. Yes, it will manifest in glory. So sit back, be attentive, incline your ears to what the Spirit of God has to say to us. You know, as I'm speaking to you like this, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving a message, a new message. Uh, and I'm tempted to go into it. Uh, no, let's, let's start in Ephesians chapter 4. We have been discussing for the past 11 days, and, and I, I, I was saying to the guys here in the studio that we've been in this for the past 11 days, seven parts, yet I still haven't gotten into the crux of what the Spirit of God wants to communicate to us. And I can take uh, my time because we have a long journey. You know, the angel said to Elijah, take it, for thy journey is long. So little by little, precept upon precept, we are moving closer and closer to communicating what the Spirit of God wants us to know. God's strategy for prospering his people. He has it. He has it. And it is a sure one. So we are being led into the scriptures to see and understand the workings, the ways of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Christian. Give me, uh, what pad are you playing? Um, give me the... Thank you. So, as I was saying to you, we are being led into the scriptures to see the patterns of the operations of God. And how the Spirit of God will bring to pass His word to us for 2021. It is a year of prosperity. We are prospering this year. Hallelujah. We are prospering deeply. We are prospering. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> I got so much to say to you. I don't know where to start. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. Verse Whew. 13. 
when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who do you say the Son of Man is? Who do you say that Jesus is? What is your concept, your understanding of Jesus, of who he is? He asked the question to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? Well, they've been walking with him for some time, so they should have an idea of who he is. Right? We would assume. Then Simon Peter answered, verse 16, and said, You are the Christ, Son of the living God. You are the Christ, Son of the living God. Look at Jesus' reply. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. One of the beautiful things about the ministry of the Spirit is that he doesn't require our minds to communicate heavenly things. He, he can give us messages that have yet to enter our minds. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts but God has reserved the things for those who love him. So Peter was speaking out of his mind. Jesus said, what you just said is information that came directly from heaven. So it was revealed to him. Not while he was sitting, but when he spoke. So he says, my father who is in heaven. So at that time, the father spoke through Peter. I said to you that men are transmitters. Men are conduits, are vessels, transmitters of 
God. So the father was the one that answered the question through Peter. So Peter was a vessel, a vessel of expression. Remember, Jesus said, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. So the knowledge of Jesus, the revelation of who he is, could not come in any other way except through the Father. So Jesus says, this is the Father's communication. So, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So, Jesus is saying something strange. He says, you are Peter, Petra, which means a stone. The word Peter means a stone. And Jesus said, you are Peter. When he blessed him, he said, you are Simon by Jonah. But then now he says, you are Peter. And on this rock, what rock? What rock? It says, on this rock, I will build my church. On this rock, I will build my church. On this rock, <laughs> he will build his church. So what rock? Is he talking about? Is he talking about Peter? Is he saying that Peter, I will build my church on you? Is the church of Jesus Christ built on Peter? What rock is he referring to? He says, and on this rock, the rock. Jesus is referring to, in context, is the revelation of who he is. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So the foundation upon which the church is built is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of the living God. Now, you must understand what Peter was saying here. The first one is, is understandable. You know, uh, you are the Christ, the Christos, the anointed one. But the second one, it may elude you if you don't really know what Peter was communicating or what the revelation was communicating. The revelation was not saying that Jesus is, a, is the Son of God or the Son of the living God. The revelation was that Peter was saying that Jesus was equal to God. Therefore, he was God. Mm. 
So the Christ was the God. So the son of the living God is not making reference to a father-son relationship. No. The son of the living God refers to the position of Christ in the Godhead. Remember, in the Godhead you have the father, you have the son, you have the spirit. And all share a co-equal position in the Godhead. In nature, they are equal. In function, they may not be equal, but in nature, they are equal. So he was saying that Jesus was God. He was the son of the living God. Remember, when Jesus called God his father, they wanted to stone him because he was making himself equal to God. So Jesus is the Christ who is equal to God. So he's not just the anointed one. The anointed one refers to his earthly ministry. The son of the living God refers to his divinity, his deity. So Peter was saying you are a deity. So Jesus says on the rock, the fact that I am a deity, the, the son of the living God, the second in the Godhead and the Christ. He says I'll build my church. So the church is built upon the revelation that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ and the son of the living God. He is the Christ because he was anointed by the spirit. He is the son of the living God because he is 100% God. So Jesus walked the earth fully man. And fully God. His nature, oh God, his his nature was not altered when he became a man. His humanity did not eradicate his divinity. He was as much God as he was man when he walked the earth. So remember, he is the word. He is born of the word. There is no way his, his nature could change. His nature was the word. So he was the word of God when he was three years old, as he was 12 years old, as he was 30 years old. And we know who the Word is. The Word is the highest revelation of God's manifestation. The Word, Jesus, He's the Word made flesh. And He lived and walked the earth as the Word made flesh. So He was the Son on that basis. In terms of function, He functioned as the Christ, as the Anointed One. So his ministry relied on the Holy Spirit to function. But in nature, he was totally God. This is the mystery of the Godhead. That God was manifest in the flesh. That means he became a man, yet retained his Godship.
many people don't realize that Jesus struggled to die at the cross. Okay, we'll, we'll discuss that later. But he said, on this rock, on this rock, so revelation builds. So God builds by revelation. Yesterday I told you the church is built with mysteries. The church is built with secrets. And the first stone, foundation stone, is Jesus, is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, on this rock I will oikodomeo my ecclesia. I will build. Now, he is not talking about a four square building. He's talking about ecclesia. Ecclesia are those whom he had called out. So he's saying, I will build my called out ones. So those whom he called out, he will build on the rock that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Not the Son of God as in Kikimwanamudim. No, the Son to mean he is God. He is equal to God. That's who Jesus is. And this revelation mattered so much to him that he said, I will build my church on this revelation. So any man who captures the concept, the idea, the revelation of Jesus as the son of the living God, he says, the gates of hell shall not overpower That means Christian strength, development, is determined by revelation. You can only grow and mature to the level of the revelation of Jesus you have. Jesus is the center, is the gravity of the universe. Everything in the universe gravitates towards him. Everything. Everything. He is the center of the universe. The person to meet in the spirit realm is Jesus. He is the goal of the universe. God is bringing everything in Christ. So Jesus Christ is really the standard of creation. He is the man God. The God who became a man for the purpose of making man to be gods. 
When he says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, he is saying that men are to function as gods. He is saying that there is a life that is made available to those who receive his word that would have the capability to operate on the God plane, on the God dimension, on the God realm. If you are the son of God, Satan knew it, that sons of God can change stone into bread. If you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. He knew that sons of God have power, have authority. Sons of God have the ability of God himself. So when he says men shall not live by every uh, by bread alone but by every word of God he's saying that you 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 don't need to be to be sustained by the energy of earthly means he says you can take on and receive and feed on the energy of God the energy that makes God God the energy that makes God to operate at his level and the energy that makes God operate at God level at divine level at deity level is the word so he gives us his word. The purpose of giving us his word is, is not only for the purpose of function, is the purpose of being. So he gives us his word to become God. Masimata, to become gods, to become, to become the sons of Elohim, to become Elohims. And he's telling us that our life will continue to become a mess as long as we live and function like men. Because men are fallen. The only security for us in Christ is to function. The only hope is to function like God. To function any lesser than God is failure. That's why he made Moses a God. He said, you will be as God. Hallelujah. I'll come back here. Let me show it. Let me show you. John, John chapter 10. Hallelujah. God. You're pulling out things from my spirit. <laughs> oh, le litra hale kele dotre. Verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, you, being a man, make yourself God. He says, You, being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, you are gods. You, you know what he's quoting, right? <laughs> Let me read you Psalm 82 verse 6.
He says, I said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Jesus said, your law says, I said you are gods. Gods, what, what does that mean? Elohims. Elohims. And all of you are children of the Most High. And if you read on the Bible, it says, but they know not, neither do they understand. And their foundations are shaken. And I want you to hear what Jesus says. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came. If he called, he says, he called those to whom the word of God came. That means the word gave them the power to become. So when the word comes, it gives you the authority to become. So the word you receive is the word you can exercise Godship on. Because the word has come. It says, if you call them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. In other words, your opinions can't break it. You denying it can't break it. It is written. The word of God came and they became. And Jesus said, I'm building my church on that fact that I am the son of the living God. I am the son of the living God. We are not just humans. We are not just men. The word that has come to First Peter. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-three. Having been born again, having been born again, not of corruptible seed. Jesus said, you are from beneath, I am from above. Jesus was saying, I am born again. Because to be born again means to come from above, to hail from above. So Jesus is the first born again man. Because he says, I come from above. And he's the one that brought the concept of being born again. It says, unless a man is born again, comes from above, he says, he cannot see the kingdom. And then he says, Paul, uh, Peter describes the, the, the methodology, how and by what you became born again. He says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, sperma, 
but of incorruptible. He says the substance by which you are born again, he says is incorruptible. And he describes it through the word of God which lives and abides forever. So the incorruptible seed that you are born again with is the word of God. And that word has what has given you the rights to sonship, the rights to deity. I told you, there are realities that exist that many in the body of Christ are yet to live in, are yet to experience, because we have majored on the minor. We have majored on the lesser. But when we grow up, we would realize that to attain the fullness of the stature of Jesus, the age of Jesus, God is waiting. Oh, no, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But he's telling you that you are born by the seed of the word. That seed makes you like God. That seed has given you the genes of divinity. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 12. Let's read verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And interestingly, the word world there refers to cosmos. So Jesus is the designer of the cosmos. The world was made through him. So he is the blueprint through which the cosmos has been designed. So that means Satan, to a great extent, has used those blueprints to create the cosmos. So the cosmos that we are enslaved by, the world that Satan has sway over, is actually the cosmos that has been designed by Jesus. So inherently, this cosmos belongs to Jesus. That means when we grow up and, and ascend in the stature of Christ, we can enter into banks, we can enter into corporations, we can enter into nations and demand our possessions and demand and enforce our rights. Because this cosmos is being created through Jesus whose blueprints are imprinted on the world, but we have his genes. So when we grow up, we would, we would have the, di the, uh, 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 the, the divine genes of Christ in us activate. And once those genes, 
the DNA activates, we can enter and walk and we'll see creation responding to us. The Bible tells us that creation is groaning and travailing, awaiting the manifestations of the viewers of God. That means those who have grown and been grown and raised by the Spirit of God. Those whose divine DNA, whose deity DNA, whose God DNAs has been unlocked. the world was made through him that's why we can overcome this world we have overcome this world because we possess Jesus DNA the genes of Christ are pulsating through us he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood if you drink jesus blood you will become like jesus in these folklore science fiction movies to become a vampire you must drink vampire blood there's a truth in that, meaning that to become God, you must drink God's blood. And the Bible tells us that by the new covenant, we have drunk Jesus' blood that makes us what he is. We have eaten his flesh that makes us what he is. He says, the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, received who? The word. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the technon of God. To those who believe in his name. He says, those who believe in his name were born not of blood not of the will of the flesh, of the will of man, but of God. He says those who received him and believed on his name, he says they are born of God. That means the goal of the life of God in a man is to replace the life of that man with the life of God. It is, this is the gospel of Jesus. Beloved, that now you have eternal life. Now you have. You know, the Bible talks about how Nimrod began to become a Giborim, a mighty one. He was born a man, but he underwent a DNA, a genetic alteration that made him become like one of the giants, one of the Giborims, one of the Nephilims in Genesis chapter 6. Yet he was born a man. Nimrod became a Giborim, he became a giant, yet he was born of a man. Yet giants were those born of the seed of fallen angels. How did he become? It was through genetic transformation, genetic manipulation. So we are those who are beginning to alter, to change into our Godship. The sons that creation is waiting for are those whose genes have been activated. And Jesus said, on this rock, 
This thing is a rock. On this rock, I will build my church. I will build my... Says the called out ones will live according to this pattern. Will live according to this template. The template of the divine. This is the ministry that Jesus came to. Oh, la, 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 let me read you this. Let me read you this. These things are in the Bible. They are not in my head. They are in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Second Timothy. My God, my God. Woo my God. My God. Shavivi Gigigizi. Saimatononori. And he said, this revelation will make you impenetrable. The gate of hell. The reason why it seems like the gates of hell are prevailing against the called out ones is because they have not yet gotten the revelation. They have not yet received the rock. Because once you receive the rock, you become impenetrable. Impervious to satanic attack, to a satanic onslaught. Look at the ministry of Jesus. There was no intimidation whatsoever from the devil. He was not intimidated. Second Timothy chapter 1. Who has saved us? Verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. This, pur this calling is not according to what we did, but according to his own purposes and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now, if he gave us this thing before time began, that means before time began, we were present for these things to be given us. When did you first wake up? When did you first become? Let me tell you when. When your name was written in the book of life. The book of life is a record of all spirit beings that God created. And remember, every spirit being was created before time began. Adam happened to be the first one to materialize and become a man. But he says before time began, there was a holy calling given to us. I'll show you what the holy calling is. He says, but has been given to us in Jesus Christ before time began, but has now been revealed how God begins to activate the things which he gave us before time began. He says it's through and was through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life. Jesus, he brought life. Jesus said this, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come 
that they might have life. He's saying his agenda is immortality. His agenda is away. So he came to, to distribute life. The Bible calls him a life-giving spirit. So he's, he came to give life to creation. So he says, the appearing of Jesus, our Savior, abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So the gospel is God's instrument of activating the things which God gave us before time began. So when you hear the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom, all of a sudden your spirit awakes to the reality of God. Do you know that all you need to do to walk in the divine life is to switch on a consciousness? People think that what you need to do to activate divine life is pray, is fast. But you cannot fast for what you already are. You cannot pray for who you already are. What you need to do, the Bible calls it a reckoning. The Bible says, reckon yourself indeed dead unto sin and alive unto God. That means as a child of God, you can tell yourself, I'm alive to God. And you switch on that reckoning. And it says all of a sudden, the spiritual, the divine database begins to activate, to switch on in you. The programming begins to work within you. So there is a reckoning, the body, the called out ones, the ecclesia of Christ must come into. Because he says the gospel has brought to light life and immortality. Life and immortality. These are realities which are our inheritance. In the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says on this rock. I build my church. So there's a revelation the church needs. Of Jesus. That would make it totally superior. And to oh God. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Hallelujah. My God. To know Jesus is life beloved. The Bible says to know God. And the living God is eternal life. So the more of Jesus you know, the more of his revelation you have. Oh, Lord God. You see, he is the major we should be focusing on. Every other thing is minor. I told you, Paul says, when I came to you, the only thing I wanted to know is Christ and him crucified. And that was enough to demonstrate power, to demonstrate the spirit. We know too much of every other thing except Jesus. The lack of peace in our life is due to the lack of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You want more peace? No more of Jesus. You want more grace? No more of Jesus. Because the Bible says grace and peace is multiplied through the epignosis of Jesus Christ. Okay, let me show you something. Colossians. Colossians chapter number 2 
Verse 1. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, attaining to all the riches and the foolish. Okay. He says, that their hearts may be encouraged. This is what he desires. Being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of the understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Remember, God is the Father and Christ. God is the Father and Christ. In, 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 in new heaven, new earth context, is the Father and the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, this is what I want you to, to get into, the understanding of the mystery through the knowledge of God. So God is a mystery of himself. And he says, it is possible to access understanding in that dimension. In whom I hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So he says, you can know in fullness the mystery of God. Remember I told you yesterday about the spirit of wisdom and revelation? And Jesus said, on this rock. I will build. I will build. So the major instrument, the major resource that Jesus uses to build is this rock. You are the Christ, son of the living God. <laughs> Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying the building of the body of Christ so how is the body of Christ going to be built on this rock so the purpose of every ministry gift why am I stressing the significance of the ministry gifts. Why am I stressing it, child of God? It's because this is, this is the pattern of God. There, there's no other pattern. This is the one. This is the one. 
the ministry gifts take the place of the absent Christ and the invincible spirit. Did you hear what I said? The ministry gift take the place of the absent Christ and the invincible spirit. So God has set this system in place for your sake. This is for your sake. When the body of Christ comes to the full understanding of the purpose of the ministry gifts, they will become to the church the one-stop shop for everything. The body of Christ will not need medical aid. Would not need life insurance. Would not need to take out loans. When this concept, system of God, is fully ingrained in you, every provision will be allocated you through the system. Of the ministry gifts. I said every. Barrenness will be dealt with. You see, we are moving deeper and deeper into the transhuman age. Where artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, 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 digital uh, spaces and uh, technology will be enthroned as the gods of this age. We are at the cusp, we are at the threshold of this new beginning. The church, the challenge of the church is to provide the answers in this world. What, how would we provide answers when artificial intelligence will operate in omniscient dimension where it seems to know everything about everyone at every given time can predict the future and so forth. no there has to be something that can trump and let me tell you the answer for the i mean for the problems of every generation is always the holy spirit the holy spirit can meet the challenges of every age and we live in the most threatening age. And the Holy Spirit is still the answer. There's no other thing. It's still the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's still the Holy Ghost. And the ministry gifts of Jesus Christ. Yes, that means we possess a power that can confound technological advancement. Hallelujah. Artificial intelligence. Oh. Cyborgs and all those computer crap junk that the world is moving into. I read an article where they said they are, they are closer to achieving immortality for the billionaires than ever. Yet Jesus has brought immortality 2,000 years ago. We are the immortal ones. I'm telling you, beloved, the scene, 
the scene, the platform, the stage has been set. And God is calling us to walk away from the days of ignorance and to come into the knowledge of Christ, to come into the will of God, to align ourselves with God. How are we going to challenge them? I tell you how. We, we would be, the Bible, the Bible says Jesus, Jesus healed all that came to them. The main, the lame. It doesn't matter what aim was it. He dealt with it. And God is waiting for those who will not shy away. Those who will not run to their closets. But those who will come out out of nowhere like Elijah the Tishbite. And says, thus says the Lord. I tell you, as long as I live. Man who can command the heavens. Man who can command creation. Man who can confound the technological advancement of this generation. And let me tell you. The keys in the ministry gift. The key is in the ministry gift. The key is there. If, if, if that's not the case, why would God bring back men who had already been in heaven for thousands of years to come witness and produce miracles to confound the nations in the in the tribulation years the two prophets will come god is not going to call back a president a prophet the ministry gift is so essential that even for the antichrist to to properly function he needs a prophet Without a prophet, his ministry cannot, cannot expand, cannot shine. He needs a prophet to help his own cause operate properly. Says he himself. I ask you, who is he to you? If he is your Lord, then you have to consider. Question is, are you given an apostle? If you are not one, are you given one? Are you given a prophet? Are you given an evangelist? Are you given a pastor and a teacher? That is how Jesus proves his love to you. He says, Lord, I'm with you till the end of the age. He is with you through the ministry gifts as he is with you through his spirit. And he says, their purpose is to equip, to catatismos you, to oikodomeo you, to edify, to build you. And we touched on that yesterday. How that this building is a building that will be constructed with glory, for glory. The Bible says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. We are the latter house of God. We are God's building, not built with stones, but by the spirit of the living God. 
We are God's building. So he says that their ministry is to edify, to build the body of Christ, to build, to build, to construct in them anything and everything necessary for God to live comfortably. Question, does God live in a swamp? The streets of God are paved with white gold. His throne is created with many jaspers. He himself is like jasper stone. So, God's temporary location, domicile in the heavens, is pure prosperity. He says, riches are on my left hand. So, the proof of Christ's presence in the life of a believer, the proof that his wisdom is in you, his spirit is in you, do you know it's prosperity? Do you know it's prosperity? I said, do you know it's prosperity? God's first man, the Bible says, and the Lord God took the man whom he had formed and he put him in the garden of luxury, of pleasure, the, the, the garden of Eden. God's first man was born in Eden. When he woke up, he woke up in luxury, in glory, in splendor, in buoyancy, in, <laughs> in opulence. That was the sign that this one is ordained. He was in Eden. You were in Eden. The garden of God. You, who was he talking to? Lucifer. He says, you were in Eden. The garden of God. And what did he demonstrate? Pure wealth. Bible says his covering was every precious stone. Perfect in beauty and wisdom. All the stone you can think about was his covering. So that means the ministry gifts have been given the grace to build wealth into the body, into the temple. Prosperity. Eden. We read in the earlier days how in the visions of God, the Lord showed me trees that take years to go, rising instantly. And God said, these are the ones that I have chosen to reconstitute Solomonic glory. 
Solomonic glory. To reconstitute Solomonic glory. Study the scripture. You will see what Solomonic glory is. The demonstration of confounding wealth. The wealth that made a queen lose her spirit. Bible says she fainted when she saw the servants, the servants of Solomon. She hadn't even seen Solomon. The throne, when she saw the throne, she was a queen. She was wealthy. But her spirit led, then when she when she came, when she came to her senses, says, I've heard of thee. But the half of it was not told me. In other words, this exceeds what I was told about you. And Jesus says, a greater than Solomon is here. A greater than Solomon. So the greater than Solomon is going to build a church, is going to build a sanctuary that must display glory greater than Solomon. And who is going to use? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Treasure the servants of God. Treasure them. Because they are God's strategy for your advancement. God's strategy for your inheritance. God's strategy for your prosperity. They are God's strategy for your health. So you must treasure them. Oh my goodness, glory of God. They exist for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I showed you what the Bible says. says, Now you are the body of, now you are the the physical body. He says, their ministry is temporary. He says, until... We all. That means Jesus is so sure about the disposition and the function of these gifts that he, he, he knows that sooner or later, he says we will all come to the unity. My God. My God. My, he says the equipping and the building will bring us all all into the unity of the faith. <laughs> Woo, glory. The unity of the faith. So the Spirit of God is doing this thing through the gifts to bring us into an agreeability, a oneness of mind, of opinion, of understanding. Of what? Of the faith. So the Spirit of God is not going to do this alone. He's going to do it through the ministry gifts. 
So the agreeability, the oneness, the unity of the faith. So there is a unity that we are to come into. That the ministry gifts are responsible for bringing us into it. And he says, until we come into the unity of the faith. The unity of my God. Look at this responsibility that they've been given. So if, think about it. If these gifts have been given the mandate and the responsibility of bringing the body of Christ together in agreeability and unity, number one, the unity of the faith. So when we come to believe one thing about everything in the kingdom. And then he says, the unity of my God. He says, the unity and of the unity of the epignosis of the Son of God. He's saying that these guys have been given a ministry, a responsibility to bring us into an agreeability, a oneness of knowledge. Where when I look at you and, and communicate with you, we can believe and agree in the knowledge of Jesus. To, to come to know Jesus the same. So we will get to a place. This is the future of the church. We will get to a place where we will not need to, to argue and quarrel about the things of God. No, we would have come to a place because of the ministry gifts. Because of the ministry gifts. Where the knowledge of Christ is common ground for everyone. Now the things that I'm teaching you, there are many in the body of Christ that have no clue what I'm talking about. So they are not in, agree in, in agreement. They are not in unity in the knowledge of Christ. And the word there is epignosis. Epignosis means the full and accurate knowledge. It's complete knowledge. That means you come to a, a point of graduation in knowledge where, where there's nothing to know about Jesus anymore. Ah, it's going to take years. No, it did not take years for God to make Solomon the wisest man on earth. It took a, a dream. <laughs> it did not take a it not take it took a dream. When he woke up, he was the wisest man in every generation preceding and after him. It was not years. So that same grace is routed through the ministry gifts where we can bring when when they them, themselves mature and are perfected we can bring the body of christ into a knowledge through the communication of the spirit where we can enter into a meeting and lift up our hands and says it is done and walk out and everybody heard the same thing everybody received download everybody received impartation from the spirit of god these are not matters of time. They are matters of opportunity. Because the possibility is there. But the ministry gifts, the ministry gifts, they are so important. Beloved, they are so important. 
And I can assure you, most of them don't even know how important they are. That's why they underuse their gift. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Since until, until we come to the unity of the faith, the unity of the epignosis of the Son of God, to a telios, a perfect man, then he says, to the measure of the age, to be as mature as Jesus Christ. So it's not just the, the men occupying the gift doing it. It's impossible. It's the men in the ministry gift mantled by the Spirit. Mantled by the Spirit. It says, to the stature, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Where we attain the same maturity, the same age as Jesus in the spirit. Upon this rock, I will build my church. What church is Jesus building? What church is Jesus? He's not building a weak church. He's not, no, 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 no. It's not a weak church he's building. I want to prove something to you. The Bible says after the resurrection of Jesus Christ with many proofs. He showed them many proofs of his resurrection for 40 days. Things which are not written. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something. Acts chapter. Twenty. Verse 32. Beloved, there's power in believing the word of God. There's power. There is power. Let me read you verse 32. And then I want to give you a, a, another revelation after we get into this. Verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, of His grace, which now He's not saying who, he's saying which. That means he's here is referring to the word. So he's saying the word of his grace, grace, which is able to build you and give you. 
So the word is able to build you and give you an inheritance. An inheritance among all who are sanctified. So there is an inheritance that the word is able to give you after it has built you. Remember I told you about the ministry of the word? Remember? Yesterday, I said, in what I'm saying, there is another ministry that is being carried out by the word that you are hearing. The word of God is intelligent. You know, if, for me even to say the word is intelligent is, is, is almost a blasphemy. It's almost an understatement. Because the word is the author of intelligence. Can I show you something? John 1 verse 1. This is the scripture that made me disdain translators. Because I want to show you something here. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I, I just said to you, this is the scripture that made me disdain translators because the word in the beginning there has nothing to do with time because the the to say in the beginning really implies time implies time the position of time which the word there is not really communicating because the greek word for the word in the beginning there is one word which is called arche and Ake means principality. It means chief. Chief in rank, time, and displacement. But really, the main communication of that word is a principality, is a captain, is a chief. So it should not be in the beginning there. The word should be principally or chiefly or the principality was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So the communication of verse 1 in John means that the chief, captain, principality of God is His Word. So He is telling you that really God follows His Word. And he substantiates this thing when he says, there was nothing made that was made without him. That means God cannot, not does not, cannot do anything without his word. He needs his word in order for him to function because he is led by the word. So the leadership in the Godhead structure is the word of God. So if I were to ask you, according to John 1 verse 1, who is God? You would have to tell me that God is the word. 
And if God is the word, that means God, if he calls himself the word, that means his name is God. Remember, when he brought the creatures, whatever he called them, that was its name. And God calls himself God. That means his name is God. The name of God is the word, is the word, is the word. So when God's word comes to you, it's not just words that are coming. It's the personality of God. It's the nature of God. It's the essence of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the DNA of God. It's the nature of God. It's the mind of God. It's the influence of God. It's the power of God. It's the light of God. It's the essence of God coming into your life. That's why as ministers, we should never try to preach any other thing and deviate from the contents of the word. Because when we preach and teach the word, we are teaching God. When we preach and teach the word, we are building God into man. And we have seen that God builds himself in us through his word. So as the word of God comes, it is God building himself, building, building out, carving out, building the stone, brick upon brick, layer upon layer, building the rooms, putting them in place. Why? Because he is the word and is the word that builds and is the word that gives. So the word coming into you is God building himself into you. And remember, the word that came made them to become. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we come into a place where we sit before the word and we say, speak to us, O word of God. For we know, for we know that what is coming out is you. Jesus said that the words that I speak are spirit and they are life. So when he spoke, it was spirit that was coming out. What kind of spirit? The life-giving spirit. So when he released his word, it was life-giving in nature. That means every time Jesus spoke, impartation was taking place. Activation was taking place. That's why Jesus could come even four days later and stand before the grave of Lazarus and say, Lazarus, come forth as though you were talking to a man who was asleep because in his mind what was coming up when you were speaking was life what was coming up when you were speaking was spirit so when he said Lazarus come forth the spirit in his word went where Lazarus was the decomposed Lazarus came back again so every single flesh every single thing in him that was decomposed found itself again genetically he was he was reconstructed because the life-giving spirit had come. The life-giving spirit. And how does the life-giving spirit manifest himself? Through the words which I speak. 
the words which I speak. So speaking is part of the building process, part of the oikodem. So how do we bring into the lives of the recipients of the word the resources that are required? It must be spoken into being. So when you come under a ministry gift, that ministry gift must be authorized, commissioned to speak because how something is going to leave the heavens and materialize into your life is that it must be spoken into being. The called out ones must function by the same way they were called. They were called by the voice of Jesus. It shall come to pass that Every man, everyone in the graves shall hear the voice of the Son of God. Some unto condemnation, some unto life. And this is the way the Spirit of God is working in these last days. He is looking for a Moses to speak to Pharaoh. Looking for a Moses to speak to the rock. Looking for a Moses and a Joshua to speak to the sun and the moon for the purpose and for the sake of his people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why, beloved child of God, we go to church to hear what the spirit is saying he did not say let everyone that has eyes no he said let everyone that has an ear hear what the spirit is saying so that means God transmits his mind his wisdom his purposes and his provisions through the speaking of the life-giving spirit I pray the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist that God has given you is a life-giving spirit. Because he must come after the manner, the petting of the second Adam. Inheritance are rights bequeathed to you. You don't work for an inheritance. No, it is bestowed. It is bequeathed to you. Child of God, God is preparing you. God is increasing your capacity. Oh, Potenakia. For there's a breaking forth that's about to take place in your life. Yes, a breaking forth to the right and to the left. You will burst forth in the name of Jesus. God is saying, do not look to what you have. Do not look to your own limitations. Look to my word. Look to my word. Right where you are, Mashago Ramadaya, and receive the impartation of the Word of God. Receive the ministry of the Word of God. Let the Spirit of God minister to you. 
Let those genes, divine genes lying dormant, begin to vibrate and activate. God has entered your room through his word. God has entered your space, child of God. See the impossible becoming possible. Ah, glory, glory. The impossible is possible. The impossible is possible because God is in your space. May God's heaven open over your life. May it open over your life. He said, you will see heaven open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Angels are descending and ascending upon you. There's angelic traffic in your life right now. In the name of Jesus. Lift me up there. Lift me up there, Christian. In the name of Jesus. There's angelic traffic taking place in your life right now. Let those hands lift up toward heaven. Amari Gogodaya, receive the grace that came on this word tonight. Receive the grace that came on this word tonight. Possibilities are allotted to you. The God who fed Israel with manna is opening the same window, the same window, the same window, the same path the manna took. God is opening for you. Oh, see God manifest and prove his love in your life. I said God is in your space. God is where you are through your word. And what is impossible? Has become possible, is possible. Some of you come from poor backgrounds, but the Lord said, Through you, I will lift your family name. God is lifting you. God is lifting you out of the dunghill. Yes, he's setting you. He's setting you. Oh, there's a lifting. There's a lifting taking place tonight. There's a lifting. There's a lifting. I see promotions. I see promotions in the spirit taking place. The Lord has raised the dike. He has raised the standard in your life.
my God, my God. Paul says, my God shall supply your needs according to his riches in glory. And I say to you, my God is doing the same right now in your life. Is doing the same. You are stumbling into riches. You are stumbling into prosperity. You are stumbling into strange favor. There it is, there it is, there it is. The wind, the wind of the spirit. There it is blowing into your life, blowing in your life. Yes, it's blowing in your life. It's blowing in your life. Yes, it is bringing in the quails. Hallelujah. It is bringing in the provision. Hallelujah. It is parting the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are watching this broadcast and you're about to lose your job because you are being threatened by your employers. The Lord says, I must tell you, take courage, take courage, be bold and stand for my name. And the Lord says, I will stand for you. There is no situation too dire. The Spirit of God is bringing changes right now by the power of the Holy Ghost. There are changes. There are changes instituted in your life. Mm. Your light is shining. Your light is shining. Yes, your light is shining. It is shining. Glory to God. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lady watching. You're wearing a red dress. The Spirit of God says, I'm visiting you anew. And I pour fresh oil upon you. And yes, I'm reactivating you in visions and dreams. For the Lord said, these are not just dreams. 
These are not just visions. These are visions and dreams to open doors, to open windows, to open gates, says the Spirit of the living God. For I'm creating a new path for you to walk on, says the Lord. Touch! Receive the power of the Spirit of God. Mm. Something marvelous, something glorious, something supernatural is taking place in your life, beloved. Glory to God. Glory to God. It is happening. It is taking place all by the power of the Spirit of the living God. Oh, we give you glory. Just give him glory right now. Just give him thanks right now. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for his glory. Thank him for his power. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for opening a path in the wilderness. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. What is impossible is possible. Thank him. Thank him, says the Spirit of the living God. Just give him thanks. Just give him thanks. Oh, hallelujah. The rains of God's blessings are falling upon you. They are falling upon you. They are falling upon you. They are falling upon you. It is happening. Yes, glorious manifestations for you in the next three days, in the next seven days. It is happening. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 There's somebody, you've been having trouble breathing. Hold your chest right now. Just hold your chest right now. I command that devil to leave you right now. Come out! Come out! You're free. You're free. You can breathe. Yeah, you're free. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God. We thank the Lord. We thank the Lord. We are digging the wells. We are digging the wells. We are climbing the mountain. We will reach the peak. Yeah, we will reach the peak. And the gasha will come out. We bless you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, beloved. Glory. Well, we have run out of time. See you tomorrow, same time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Remember, God is in your space through his word. And what is impossible is now possible. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. See you tomorrow. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Bless God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Jesus. Rabadagoske Tisa. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Igigigigigulute pakito kovoyote paito namanasha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 